Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Are you or a loved one worried about going into a nursing home and the expenses associated with it? Well, stay tuned because we have a special guest in our studio to address that very issue. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money, the Worry-Free Retirement, with your host, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it, shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Them that have it, get more of it. The less they need it, the more they love it. And it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Over the years, one of the greatest fears that I've uh, discovered in working with so many retirees is this fear of running out of money. Uh, probably a close second to that is going into a nursing home and running out of money. And although I've been in this business some 35 years and worked with thousands of people on retirement planning, one of the things that has distressed me as my clients get older and older is this notion and this real concern of going into a nursing home and how to deal with the expenses associated with it. So we're taking a little deviated step away from what we normally do, which is to cover different retirement planning topics. And we have brought in a special guest. He's going to be here for the entire half hour. This is some really good uh, stuff an expert in this very topic of how to deal with the cost associated with long-term care, and that is Mr. Tom Krause, all the way from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us, Tom. Thank you for having us, Tony. Yeah, this, is, this has been exciting. And before we get into the topic today, I think it's interesting how we met. Um, for folks out there who may or may not know, you know, we do a lot of retirement planning, estate planning. Uh, one of the things we're coming into is this whole issue. Some of our clients or family members uh, come to us with mothers and fathers, and they say, Tony, we've got a problem. Uh, my mom or dad is really going downhill, uh, or my husband or my spouse is going downhill. What do we do to protect these assets from what is inevitably going to be a long-term care situation? And up until now, we know that there's things out there available, but I told Heather in the office, I said, Heather, we've got to find out more about this topic. So I sent her out to Las Vegas, and lo and behold, she came back and she said, Tony, I think we found just the resource to help us and our clients deal with this issue, which is the Krauss Agency, which I'd never heard of you all, but I'm glad I did. So let's start off, first of all, just, if you would, just briefly introduce yourself, Tom, who is the Krauss Agency, and where you're all located, how you all got into this specific field, a very specialized field, if you would, please. Sure. My name's Tom Krause again. I'm an attorney with the Krause Agency. My official title is the VP of Sales and Marketing. Uh, been with the company now for about five years. We started out a number of years ago, I'd say about 25 years ago. Uh, my father actually started the firm. He is an estate planning attorney and he saw the need with his clients. He would build out the perfect estate plan, but as soon as the nursing home came into the picture, it would destroy everything that he put together. So. Uh, he had a lot of happy clients, but once the nursing home came into the picture, the clients came back upset. So what he did is he went out, he researched the rules, the Medicaid rules in particular, found a solution utilizing a financial product to accelerate eligibility for the Medicaid program while preserving assets. So it's a, it's a great solution. 
Uh, we're located, like you said, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. We have a staff of 25, and we work in 48 states across the country. So, yeah, to make that distinction, we'll get into the more details of annuities because we do a lot of annuities. Our annuities, though, don't fit the bill when it comes to nursing homes, and I knew that, uh, but you all have really two different types of clientele. So explain, you've got clientele like me, the advisors who, who I guess, are in the annuity slash financial planning business, but you also have attorneys. So if you would address those two fields and how you help both of them. Sure. Well, there's really two sides to our business. The one side, which is Cross Financial Services, we service elder law attorneys and estate planning attorneys throughout the country. So when they have a client in this situation, they're in a nursing home, spending down their assets, we put together plans for their clients to accelerate eligibility, like I said before. And then the second group of clients that we have are financial advisors and uh, agents across, across the country. And we also do the same thing for them. We provide products. We're the wholesaler of these specialized annuity products that work with the Medicaid program. Okay. And that's a good jumping point here because I think there's a lot of confusion between Medicare, Medicaid. Sure. So let's just focus on Medicaid and, and then, you know, dumb this down even for me because sometimes I get these confused a little bit. It's such a specialized area. So explain what exactly is Medicaid? Yeah, there is a lot of misconception about Medicare. Does Medicare cover long-term care expenses? No. Medicare is designed to be a payer for acute care. So think broken hip, something where you're under the doc a doctor's orders. Medicaid, on the other hand, that covers the majority of expenses, long-term care expenses, in the United States. So that's really designed to pay for custodial long-term care, the care in the nursing home. So the Medicaid program, that's the program that we utilize to be the primary payer for long-term care. And in the process, by accelerating eligibility for that program, we can preserve assets. Okay. And I, you know, I tend to, and this may be incorrect, you correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, I've kind of explained Medicaid it's similar to a welfare program in a way. I always tell clients, it's like food stamps. You can't qualify for food stamps or government assistance unless you prove there's a need. Is that a fair description? Can you kind of explain Medicaid and where Medicaid comes in and what its real role is for the general public? Sure. That, that is generally what it's known for because Medicaid also has a uh, program for low-income families to pay for their health care. But when we're talking about Medicaid, long-term care Medicaid, that's a different program altogether. So that program, you still have, there's still financial and non-financial requirements that we have to meet to qualify, but there's strategies to accelerate eligibility for the programs without, you know, having to go totally uh, or spend all your assets on the nursing home. So there are solutions and strategies to get uh, under those asset limitations, you know, with some of these products that we offer. Okay, let's kind of get into some statistics here because a lot of people might say, well, you know, Tony, I've never had any parents go into nursing homes. I'm perfectly healthy. Uh, you know, I'm riding down the road. I can either stop in Chick-fil-A and get a sausage biscuit or chicken biscuit or listen to you guys. Well, let's just kind of get into this. And I'm, you provided me some statistics here. So the cost of aging, as you put it, and this came, we appreciate you putting these stats together. Uh, and we've shared this on the show. This is an interesting stat. Every day, this is pretty wild because I'm a baby boomer, Tom. You look a little younger than me. Uh, okay, but anyway, I'm a baby boomer. 10,000 Americans will turn 65 every day. Let me keep going. That's a huge statistic to think about. 2.3 years is the average stay in a nursing home. And a lot of people say, well, what's the big deal there? We'll get into cost in a minute. I want you, you know, we'll get into this. But 70% of seniors will require some sort of long-term care. That's a huge number. 
the average cost of a nursing home, I know you did this in Kentucky, although we do have some viewerships and audiences in Indiana. We'll talk briefly about that, but 6800 a month, all right? 50% of couples will exhaust their life savings. This is what I want to really get into in today's show. You know, people just running out of money. 50% of uh, couples will exhaust their life savings within one year of entering a nursing home. That was startling to me. One year and they're wiped out. Is that what that's, that's what this is? Okay. And then finally, 75% of single individuals, because we have a lot of widows, widowers, divorcees, 75% of single individuals will exhaust their life savings within one year of entering a nursing home. So I have to ask you, because you're in this world more than me, you're dealing with it, are these statistics fairly accurate? What do you see on a day-in, day-out basis because you talk to so many people in this area? Yeah, definitely. I mean, those statistics, they are scary. You know, the, with Americans living longer, with advancements in health care, it's just a, a natural, I guess, uh, recourse of that, uh, that issue is now we have to care for these individuals because something that may have killed somebody, you know, earlier on, now they can outlive that for multiple years. And with the rise in dementia, a lot of people need this care uh, in a custodial setting. So the, the statistics are scary because, again, like you mentioned, the costs. Mm -hmm. So when they have to write that check each and every month of $6,000 plus, that's the biggest check they've ever written in their life. It's bigger than any mortgage payment they've ever written. It's bigger than any tuition bill they've ever had to write for anybody in their family. So it's a scary prospect for a lot of families, and a lot of families, because they don't know that there is a solution to accelerate eligibility, like I mentioned before, they will continue to write those checks until they ultimately end up on Medicaid by default. Wow, that's, that's interesting. Tell you what, we're going to take a quick break and rally the troops here. Uh, I think what I'd like to do on our break when we come back, I want to talk about, you keep mentioning eligibility. So we'll talk about Medicaid. What is the, what is the whole issue of eligibility and how to be eligible for benefits? And then we'll probably close out the show later on. Keep listening, folks. This is going to be good stuff on how to, some of these key strategies you all use to take advantage of eligibility requirements. So you're listening to The Word for Retirement. We're with uh, Medicaid planning specialist Tom Krause, our special guest. We'll be right back with more information from Tom. Have you recently retired, been laid off, or offered a buyout? Has a company you work for recently moved or been acquired or closed its doors forever? Then take advantage of this opportunity to move your 401k to safer territory. Why continue to risk your hard-earned money when you don't have to? Let's meet in person today to discuss your retirement options. Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com to schedule your no-obligation appointment to meet with me in person. Do it today. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. We have with us today Mr. Tom Krause from the Krause Agency in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Tom has taken his time to come down and uh, share with us uh, his expertise in this whole issue of how to qualify for Medicaid benefits, Medicaid spend-down issues, how to not go broke uh, with nursing home issues. And it's a very complicated subject, and Tom is here to try to enlighten us, try to simplify things. So maybe I could use this example, Tom. So let's say... You know, we have two 65-year-olds. My dad, by the way, had to go into nursing home at a young age with Alzheimer's and died at a young age, so I, I'm related to this stuff. But two 65-year-olds, uh, spouse will pick on the male. The males, they do, there's only usually one in 10 running around nursing homes. The women do tend to live longer, don't they? 
That's true. Okay, so anyway, so we'll pick on the male. The male is having dementia issues. The female spouse is getting more and more concerned, talks to the family. It looks like we're going to have to put Harry in a nursing home. She can't take care of Harry anymore. Walk us through. They meet with somebody like us. We bring you in on the case to review everything. Explain non-financial and financial assets and requirements, and what are we looking at when we're seeing if we are eligible for Medicaid? Sure. Well, again, the, the Medicaid program, it's a, it's a federal and joint uh, run program, so each state has their own unique rules, but it's basically a federal mandated program. So, for states to receive those federal funds, they have to adopt the federal rules. But with that said, every state has their own little nuances that kind of differentiates each program from each other. Uh, generally speaking, again, there's non financial requirements, these are relatively straightforward. A Medicaid applicant must be a U.S. citizen or qualified alien, they have to be age 65 years old or disabled. And then finally, the most, I guess, complicated uh, requirement is they have to be a resident of a Medicaid-approved facility and a Medicaid-approved bed. So typically, that's going to be two to a room. So if you're in a single room, that's not going to qualify under that standard. So you're looking for a Medicaid-approved facility and a Medicaid-approved okay. bed. And can I stop right there? So yes. how do you find out very quickly what facilities are Medicaid-approved, et cetera? How do you go about that? Yeah, well, most, most facilities are going to have an allotment of Medicaid-approved beds. Uh, you, so you want to check ahead with that facility to ensure that they have a space or there's some space open for the uh, potential resident. Okay, good deal. Keep going. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. So from there, so then the financial requirements, that's where it gets a little bit more complicated. Uh, but generally speaking, there's an income a test or a rule, and then there's an asset test or rule. The income test is relatively straightforward. The Medicaid applicant just cannot have more income than the private pay cost of the nursing home facility. So, for example, if the private pay cost of the nursing home facility was $7,000, they just couldn't have income exceeding that amount, otherwise they could not qualify. So let's use this example. Let's say the female has a high-paying job and she's making 100000 a year. Are they looking at the joint income or just the income of her husband? In just the case? income of the spouse who's in the facility. Okay. So, so she could keep working, theoretically, and they're not going to look at that $100,000 income correct. on her. Okay. Correct. So the, only the, the income in the healthy spouse's name is going to just be contributed to them only. Okay. So there's no uh, requirement to attribute any of their funds or their income over to the unhealthy spouse. Okay. Okay, keep going. So from there, uh, there, there is a rule set to take care of the, the spouse who remains at home. Uh, Medicaid, when they put together these rules, they put into place a floor. So if the income drops below a certain amount, they can shift over income from the unhealthy spouse to get them up to that Medicaid floor. There is also a rule that we utilize when we're doing putting together these plans is there's no cap on the amount of income we can create for the community spouse or the healthy spouse at home. So there's no limit on how much income they, they can have mm, okay. while still qualifying the uh, unhealthy spouse for benefits. Okay, so I, I didn't know that. That's a misconception I thought. I, yes. I just assume that you can only make so much income and you're saying... And that's what we'll get into in the third segment, folks. You've got to stay around for this because it's going to get very interesting. But okay, so okay, I'm with you. Yeah. Keep going. All so right. again, there's a floor, and that's a misconception that it's actually a floor, even though there's a minimum and a maximum amount they can retain. It's a floor. Mm -hmm. But there is no maximum amount on the amount of income that the healthy spouse can have. So moving then on to the asset test, and this is the second uh, part of the financial requirements. If there's a Medicaid applicant and they're a single, they're alone in this world, they're only allowed to keep $2,000 or less wow. in countable assets. So most people are going to have assets in excess of that, and we'll talk about some strategies later of how okay. we can you know, spend those ass additional assets down. 
if there's a community spouse or a healthy spouse remaining at home, uh, they're allowed to keep a separate amount while qualifying the unhealthy spouse for benefits, and this is known as the community spouse resource allowance. It functions pretty similar to the, the income test where uh, they're allowed to keep a separate amount up to 126420 Now, are you talking, let's talk about the assets themselves. Sure. Let's say we're in the state of Kentucky and uh, the unhealthy spouse has a half million dollar IRA, qualified money. Would that fit into the asset test? Is he going to have to get rid of his IRA? Uh, well, the, the beautiful thing in Kentucky, unlike most states, is the IRA or qualified monies are exempt assets for both the healthy spouse oh, wow. or the unhealthy spouse. So it's totally protected. Medicaid's not looking at that as part of this spend down process. Okay. So let's, now we're in the bordering state of Indiana. I think there's a little more bad news there. Yep. There? Indiana just put through a rule where now they're going to be counting both spouses, uh, the healthy spouse or unhealthy spouse's IRAs as countable. So we're going to have to spend those down like we would other countable assets like checking accounts, money market accounts, things of that nature. So uh, if you have a large IRA account, you probably want to go into a nursing home facility in Kentucky. <laughs> All right. So, so we keep thinking through this. So if I can use a little example, if you don't mind, let's sure. say that uh, we're in the state of Kentucky. Uh, this gentleman, I'm making some notes here, maybe he does have a half million dollar IRA, but he also has $200,000 in a CD that's jointly held. And they've got a home, you know, let's say it's worth 300000 jointly held. Let's just keep it simple. Those are their three-man assets. So he's got a $500,000 IRA. He retired and he rolled that over. They've got a joint checking account or CD of 200000 at the bank, and their home's worth 300000 It's paid for. And now he goes into a facility, and we're trying to qualify for Medicaid. Walk us through. We won't get to the third segment yet on things sure. you did, but just walk us through the traditional thing. What do people do at this point? At this point, we're just going to want to take a look at their asset base. We're going to decide what's excluded and then what's countable. So when we determine what's countable, that's going to tell us what we need to spend down or the assets we have to worry about. In this instance, uh, the 500000 like we said, because it's an IRA, it's an it's a excluded asset. So we're not going to count it as part of our spend down. Additionally, the home is going to be totally protected for the benefit of the community spouse, so okay. long as they reside in the home. So that's going to be off the balance sheet. So then on the countable side of the balance sheet, we're looking at the 200000 the CD, mm -hmm. and we're going to decide, okay, what amount of that 200000 can we protect for the community spouse as part of their resource allowance? And is that that 126 amount? So we just uh, transfer that in her name, basically, in that example? Yeah, it's a little more complicated than that, but generally they're allowed to keep up to that amount, 126420 We're actually doing somewhat of a calculation to determine exactly what the exact amount is that she's allowed to keep. It's usually one half of the assets as of the snapshot date. So the snapshot date, we're looking back in time to find the first day where there's 30 consecutive days of continuous care. We're looking at their assets as of that date. We're taking one half of those assets. Okay. And then the community spouse is allowed to retain that. So just for, for uh, illustrative purposes, let's say that the community spouse in this example would be allowed to keep 100000 which is half of the assets as of that date. So the spend down amount, the problem assets in this example would be $100,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's kind of keep moving forward here. One of the, let's talk about this home a minute because, again, I've tried to advise people. A lot of times they'll say, but Tony, I don't know if I want to go to an elder care attorney and do all that. But isn't there something like a five-year look back? And obviously the IRA has to stay in the spouse's name anyway, and if it's protected, there's no reason we'd transfer that out. But what about the home? Sometimes I advise people to think about transferring the home into a trust or some sort of life estate or something to get that five-year window. Could you explain the gifting rules and how sure. far they can look back? And then what's a typical strategy just dealing with the home? Yeah. 
Well, when you go to apply for Medicaid, the Medicaid uh, office is going to ask you, have you made any gifts or transfers for less than fair market value within the last 60 months? So they're going to go through your uh, accounts to try to find anything that looks like a gift or functions like a gift. And they're going to total up that total amount of gifts, and then there is a penalty period will apply based on the uh, average cost of care in the state. So we're going to divide that total gifted amount by the average cost of care. That would create a penalty period uh, associated to those gifts. So we, we cannot just give away assets within the 60 months unless we're doing it strategically, which is one of the strategies that we'll, we'll talk about later oh, for yeah. a single individual. We actually use these rules to our advantage when we're putting together a single individual plan. Okay, that's good stuff. Yeah, uh, in addition, the, the home, typically you're gonna want an elder law attorney or an estate plan attorney involved in these cases because they need to perfect the estate plan uh, to bulletproof these overall strategies. So there's, it requires an estate planning attorney, uh, the right financial advisor, and the right financial product to really have the full strategy uh, in play. Well, that's one reason I'm glad we've uh, hitched our wagon to you because uh, what we're excited about is the opportunity to bring our current clients, uh, those prospective new clients who are listening to this radio show now that don't have an advisor that has a, a team of people behind them, which would be you all. Obviously, folks, we're not affiliated necessarily with uh, Krauss. The way we work is, and we'll get into this in the next segment, the annuities and how we can come in and help and you all provide those proper annuities sure. that are set up to do what you're trying to do with your expertise, which is really exciting for us. So. You all stay tuned. When we come back, now we're going to provide the actual solution. So what do we do in the same example if somebody has quite a bit of assets they're trying to protect, and how do we spend down those assets, transfer those assets, perfectly legal stuff here that our guest Tom Krause is going to share with us. You stay tuned. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. We'll be right back. Are you retired or retiring soon? Can you afford for your money to take a hit with the stock market being so volatile these days? Nobody can time the market, but having a retirement game plan with Tony Walker Financial gives you peace of mind and sleep insurance. Learn how to prevent losses in your retirement accounts and plan your retirement around an income you can never outlive. Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com today to schedule a personal meeting with Tony to secure your hard-earned money. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. In case you're just now joining us, uh, we have a special guest all the way in from Green Bay, Wisconsin, Mr. Tom Krause with the Krause Agency. And again, uh, if you're just joining us, Heather in our office in Bowling Green, I sent her out to Las Vegas to a presentation by an attorney. The presentation was geared towards financial advisors who are running into the same problem I'm running into. All my clients are getting older and they're worried about going broke in a nursing home. And so you happen to be at this conference. I think you were like a sponsor or something, right? Yeah, something. we, we co-sponsor the uh, CMP, which is the Certified Medicaid Planner designation. Okay, gotcha. And this is a program that they put on quarterly to train advisors and elder law attorneys kind of on these planning strategies and techniques. Okay, so, and over the years, what's been frustrating to me uh, we, we sell a ton of annuities. As, as you know, we do a lot of annuities, well-known in the country for fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities. And I kept hearing about and reading about Medicaid-compliant annuities. So I've go to some of these same carriers, and they go, we don't do those. And I'm like, well, I don't know anything about them. And they said, we just don't do them. So when Heather found you and said, well, Tony, I think we found somebody that can come in to help us with these Medicaid-compliant annuities, 
Uh, and folks, this is some good stuff. So if you've heard about annuities in a bad light, don't switch the channel because we're talking about possibly saving you and your family a boatload of money. So Tom, if you would take us through the whole annuity process, Medicaid compliant, what does that mean? And how are these annuities different from your traditional annuity out there? Yep, Tony, like you mentioned, the annuities traditionally utilized by financial advisors are, are used in a manner to not outlive income because that's a big concern in retirement. Whereas these annuities are specialized products designed to work with the Medicaid program. So what, we're, what they're really designed to do is take those countable assets that we talked about earlier in the program, turn it into an income stream. So we're eliminating countable assets, and by doing that, we're able to accelerate eligibility for the Medicaid program. So the annuities meet some strict requirements, and like you mentioned, not many insurance companies offer these because they are so nuanced in, the, in their sale, uh, because each state has you know, unique rules. Uh, so some of the requirements that have to be there, there's actually five key or core requirements. The annuity has to be irrevocable, non-assignable, has to be actuarially sound, has to make equal monthly payments, and we have to name the state as primary beneficiary. And I can get into each one of those uh, in more detail, but generally speaking, most annuities in the marketplace, you're not gonna find all of those features uh, because each one has to be there. If we fail one of those tests, the annuity's not gonna work with the Medicaid program. So let's get, let's cut back up just a minute. So let's use an example. So let's even make it a little more money. And forget an IRA or whatever, let's just say, because uh, this happens sometimes, Tom, I have somebody come in. I had this the other day, actually. Mother is still alive. She's 80, okay? She's going downhill. The kids are coming in, and they're worried about what to do. And she hasn't ever gifted any assets, and they're thinking, gosh, if she breaks a hip and goes to a nursing home, what are we going to do? Let's say, let's say mom has a $300,000 home, and she's single, and she has $500,000 at the bank, non-qualified assets. And she slips and falls, and all of a sudden, they got to put her in a nursing home. What, what's going to happen next with these annuities? What could we do with them? Well, in that case, again, we want to take a look at the, the asset base and determine what's the problem assets. The home for a single individual, that might be tough to protect because we can protect it up to 575000 if they have the intent to return home. And that's just an affidavit stating that if they improve, they have the intention okay. to return home at some point in the future. Yeah, so when we're looking at that 500,000, we're going to put together a plan, a spend down plan for this individual. And like I said earlier, we're gonna use those divestment rules or those gifting rules to our advantage. So in this instance, we're gonna be able to protect approximately half of her assets. So we're gonna make a gift of approximately, uh, you said 150,000? Yeah, but so, so there was a half million in the okay. CD or whatever. So okay. we could gift 250 in that example? In that example, we gift okay. approximately 250,000. To making, who? Who's to the children. children. Immediate okay. gift to the children. Gotcha. That $250,000 gift, when we go to apply for Medicaid, they're going to apply a, a penalty period for that gift. So they're going to look at that because it's been within five years. Yeah. Medicaid is, and so you made a gift. Correct. Okay, keep going. And then we're going to purchase a short-term Medicaid-compliant annuity to mirror that penalty period. Okay. So during the penalty period between her income from Social Security, pension, and the annuity income, we're going to be just below the private pay rate of the facility. So during the penalty period, we're going to be privately paying. At the end of the penalty period, that's when Medicaid will, will kick in and begin picking up the, the cost of the care. So what do we do there? We saved approximately one half of the assets. We made an immediate gift to the children, and we qualified mom for Medicaid, you know, we have a certain result. We know when she's going to qualify. So we've taken uh, her having to write that check each and every month for seven, eight thousand, and we've now reduced it at a certain point down the line to her Social Security check, less some deductions. 
It's, a, it's incredible. So what, let, let's kind of walk through this. So somebody listening to the show right now, Tom says, golly, uh, I've got a spouse that I'm worried about. Um, I've got a parent that I'm worried about. Uh, whatever the situation might be, what is the first step? I mean, obviously they could call our office, but what could they expect to do? I know you all have a questionnaire that we could use to try to help facilitate this conversation, but kind of walk through how that process works. Yeah, well, first one, they, they want to go to either their financial advisor or find an elder law attorney in their area. So that's going to be the first step. And usually families find these individuals based on having to write that check a few times and realizing, wow, I'm going to be broke if I have to keep writing this check. So then they'll reach out to the person who's either managed their money or an elder law attorney in, in a lot of cases, and at which point the elder law attorney or the financial advisor will put uh, together a spreadsheet and kind of you know, take uh, a tally of what they have available in assets. And from that point, we're going to look at the, the asset base. We're going to determine what's countable, what's excluded. And from that point, we're going to put together one of these spend-down plans. Okay, that, sound, that sounds wonderful. Well, uh, if you're listening, folks, here's all you have to do. If you're interested in this type of services, right now, just log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, or you can even email me at Tony at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. That's Tony at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Or give us a call at 877-499-9255. That's 877-499-9255. And let's talk and just figure out how we might be able to help. And if it warrants, we will, uh, if that's okay, kind of bring you in and you can provide some guidance. And then along with a specific attorney to help us as well, maybe sure. we can put a plan together for these folks. Yes, no, I agree. You do it. Listen, really appreciate you being on. It's been great for you to come all the way down from Wisconsin. Folks, you've been listening to Word for Retirement. Next week, ironically, we're going to do another formatted show. We've got a specialist from Atlanta, Georgia coming in to talk about Social Security so you've got to tune in for that. That's next week with Heather Schreiber, a well-known expert in Social Security. You've been listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. You let us know if we can be of any help. But between now and next week, you remember, if all else fails, you be worry-free. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.